the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, it's the Mess It Up Podcast once again from beautiful Tennessee. We are here for the long-term duration as long as this uh, COVID thing happens. If you're listening to this after the fact and COVID's done, yay, no COVID. Uh, But right now we're in the middle of it, so uh, we can't go anywhere because it'd be super hard to drive across the country with all this. So uh, we're still here in Tennessee until we're not. Um, This is, uh, as we said, Mess It Up Podcast. I am the Bowtie Guy. We have a word of the week for you this week, and it has a little something to do with our show. Uh, But today's word of the week week is commingle. And commingling means to mix or to blend. And if you can use that in a sentence this week, give yourself 10 bonus points for every time you use it. Show it off. uh, Do that kind of stuff. If you have something that you're mixing or commingling and you would like to get a Starbucks gift card, I want you to go onto any of our social media and use hashtag commingle mess it up. And uh, when I see those, I will uh, I will give somebody a, a Starbucks gift card. Uh, so make sure you put that up there, and then I will uh, track you down once you do. So that's commingle, which is C O M M I N G L E, and then mess it up podcast, all one hashtag. So uh, it's easier for me to uh, to check it out. And we appreciate that. So you're asking yourself, where are we on this social media thing? Well, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I'm also, we've got a, a subreddit uh, under Messed Up Ministries that you can uh, chat with us on. So check all those things out. If you want to email me, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. And you can also get a hold of Intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com. So I think that's most of my uh, spiel for this, uh, people are looking at me. This is our biggest show ever, okay? It's it's show number, what are we on here? Show number 104, biggest show ever. We have got one, two, three, four, five, six people in the, well, seven if you count our, uh, our just our observing guests here, but there's seven people in the studio tonight, six of whom will be talking during the thing, so it's gonna be a little bit hard to keep track of who's going on, but I think you'll be able to figure it out as we go. Uh, but I'm here with uh, listener Bev from California. Hi, everybody. And uh, she's helping me uh, uh, host this show tonight. And we've got some special guests uh, who are here. We're talking today, our, our focus tonight is gonna be about, and I say tonight because it is nighttime here, we're gonna be talking about adoption and uh, commingled families, blended families that are mixed together from uh, all over the place. And uh, so we've got some adopted, adoptive, we got some parents who adopted people. And uh, so one of them is, we got listener Bev from California, but now we've got listener Beverly from Tennessee. Uh, so say hi to the people, Miss Beverly. Hello. And uh, then uh, your lovely husband, who is? Oh, I'm Mark Wilkins. All right, that's beautiful. And um, I happen to be, and we're putting this out there just for everybody, Beverly's favorite uncle named Paul um, in the whole wide world. Maybe not the favorite uncle, but the favorite uncle named Paul. So um, that's our our family joke. Uh, Beverly is our niece, and I always assumed that you were named after Bev. Uh, Was it a coincidence or she's, she's nodding? Nobody understands the nod. I was. She was. Yeah. yeah she's. And, and she hates her name. And and she she loves being on the show though. She yeah. was so super excited. She's like, when can we start recording this thing? Uh, we've been here now I think for three weeks, and and I finally had to drive to their house 
and uh, just come inside and say we're not leaving until such time. And, and so we've been here for three days, and she's finally. We, we've been rehearsing <laughs> without you, you before you showed up. I've been trying to get rid of my southern accent. To no, don't no, do no, no, no. The southern yeah. accent is just super duper fun. Or they won't believe that we're really in Tennessee, yeah. Yeah. right? Then I'll have to stop talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you guys uh, are married, and I'm pointing to Mark and Beverly. Uh, how long have you been married? Tell us a little bit about your your family situation. Soon to be 32 years. Wow, I love the fact that there's no adjective in front of the years. It's just 32 years. It wasn't wonderful. It wasn't miserable. It wasn't... <laughs> I have a friend who said I've been married for 40 wonderful years and 50 years total. <laughs> so 32 years soon to be. And uh, how did you guys come to meet because obviously you're from different parts of the country here what's going on with that mark doesn't have that twang we actually met in orlando when i i moved there after graduating from high school to help me my, yeah to help listener bev to yep yeah, to help listener bev there um at the um at the daycare that she was running at the church and so okay. we met at the church okay and Mark, you're from originally from Pennsylvania? Yes, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Okay. Lived there until I was 12. We moved to Orlando, went back for a couple years uh, between 18 and 21, and then back to Florida to meet Beverly. I did had to not wait know that she part was, of the story. Yeah, so we had to, I had to wait until she got out of elementary school and high school before, before we could get together. And then, so, yeah. A little older than me. <laughs> so, so you guys were married. And um, no kids, and not any success having kids. Right. We, I mean, we knew that we wanted children right, right away, and I mean, so that we started. Whenever it happens, it happens. Then it didn't happen for several years. There was a did. lot of there was a lot of pressure at the beginnings because. Uh, her grandmother had her mom at 20 years old. Her mom had her at 20 years old. We got married at 19 years old. So no pressure, Mark. Uh, <laughs> that, that family tradition of every 20, every 20 years apart for three generations, and then we messed it all up. Yeah. There, there were only, you did what? Uh, we messed it up. Nice. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> Bonus points to Beverly. Um, so, so then what, how long did you guys... Just uh, before you started thinking, okay, maybe there's there's stuff that we need to do differently, or um, yeah. So we just started started small, just some initial, just some testing, and you know, where was everything okay medically, um, kind of stuff. And then we started pursuing infertility treatments a little more seriously, and we did that for several years, several failed attempts, and. Till we just decided we can continue to throw money towards something that may or may not work, that we didn't really care where a child came from. Yeah. We just wanted a child to raise, and so we started to pursue so, adoption. So when you're, I mean, it's obvious that you're throwing money when you, anytime you say medicine, you're throwing money, and I'm guessing a substantial chunk of change. It wasn't just. You know, it stuff was, you found it, was it was minimal compared to what some people spend. Okay. We fortunately at the time our insurance covered eighty percent of the monthly treatments that we were doing with the specialist that we were doing. Okay. Because it was medically medically found that that we couldn't get pregnant. Okay. That, that I could not. I wouldn't think that would be true anymore. But. So 
I'm guessing though that the mental toll was a lot more it, difficult on you guys. It was a lot. That's part of, so the, the financial wasn't the whole driving force in the adoption because um, that in and of itself is really crazy expensive. But it was, um, it was, it was that I can't continue to keep doing this and every two or three days driving, driving to Nashville from where we were 30 minutes for ultrasounds and testing and oh, well, didn't work this time. Didn't work this time. A few more days, a few more days. Try again, try again. Um, that, that became pretty exhausting. Yeah. But on the plus side, I got to give her a shot every day. Oh, nice. Wow. And how do you do with needles? Um, I'm okay. Were you? Because yeah. I hate needles. I yeah, do. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> no, he was fine. So when when that's not working, what is the mental mindset then of of parents who are trying this, not working? Uh, obviously, you're, you're you're putting science into it. You're putting prayer into it. Your your faith is being tested. Your patience. What can you explain? How you're that, that. that for me was was one of the biggest things um, is I I've known my whole entire life since I've been old enough to, to think about it is I wanted to be a mom I needed to be a mom I was put on this planet to be a mom right. I was a mom to anyone I've ever met from a really 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 young age between um, my parents um, having foster children when we were growing up to babysitting to um, becoming a nanny as I, I got married and, and came back to Nashville for that job um, and I just felt like I was supposed to be a mom period before I was gonna be anything else I was supposed to be a mom and I had to kind of change my mindset of well maybe I'm just not meant to carry the baby maybe I'll you know maybe adoption is the thing and then it went and then was that a difficult we shift no we didn't the, actually. the adoption wasn't a, a difficult a wasn't a difficult choice to decide that that's there, where we were gonna go there wasn't a point in time where we sat down okay we can't do this anymore we're maybe we're taking a break but the adoption thing came to us we didn't choose mm -hmm. to change directions. Okay. Yeah, and and the thing of the emotional part, for me, it wasn't nearly as emotional as it was for her. Of course, I got anxious and excited and then disappointed and, and like you go through those steps. You had all but the I hormone was, injections. I, yeah. so. <laughs> I knew that one day there would be children somehow, so, wow. yeah. And so then you started going down the adoption route and uh that actually came to not us. really on purpose we were just i mean we were just just questioning hey we'll what's you know what are our options what is what is this going to look like um but uh, back up for for one second i i had kind of gotten to the point where i had said if this is not meant to be then god is going to have to remove this desire from mm. from my heart because if, mm -hmm. if it's not going to work that i'm going to need some clear you know, some clear signs that move on, do, do something else. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's, I mean, we literally just kind of fell into, fell into our laps, how we initially ended up with. So now, now tell them how time. we moved from Orlando to Tennessee and cause that takes us to the step of where we got started in the adoption process. Well, it's because I became a nanny, and I was a nanny for a um, a family that um, he was a doctor and she was a doctor. She was a, um, an OBGYN doctor, which happened to be where my mom uh -huh. um, worked. 
so she had some some insight in inside insider information <laughs> on that that process and had some connections that we would not have normally had mm. had we been in Orlando or you know wherever we would not have had those connections right right now being a nanny at Halloween did you ever hear nanny nanny boo boo I haven't, I haven't not heard that one. Okay. She, she will from now on. That's awesome. That's excellent. I'm glad to be here for you. Uh, so Mary Poppins was more of the... I was oh. Mary Pippins. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so uh, you guys, you said that this kind of the adoption thing, can you tell us a little bit about the beginnings of that? Not up to, you know, where you finally got, were there any false starts with adoption? Were there leads that didn't work out? Was it... How does that look to people? There so, were. Go ahead. So um, there was a teenage girl that came into the OBGYN's office who Beverly worked for, and she was a teenager. Well, you did work for her as her nanny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and she, she, this girl was a teenager, and her and her mom were overwhelmed, and they wanted to know about adop adopting the child out and if we if they knew anybody and they said well yeah we know a family that's been trying to have a baby and they would be great and so they that we got connected that way so that's how we got started in the beginning of uh, the adoption process so we from there we went to um, a social worker in an organization to yeah, get our criminal see. our criminal background check that was part of it but uh, our home study and the paperwork and the process that you have to go through to to adopt a child so we did that and we were completed with that um, and the teenager went and delivered the baby and Changed we her mind. yeah so we got a, yeah. a phone call from the social worker is that at the worse? beginning uh. that mind change is that worse than the other with with the fertility and whatnot and false starts with that or is it the same or not comparable for at me all? it was worse but uh. for her I don't know um I mean there was we had thought about I mean it just seemed to, to fit perfectly with our story. The timing of it, the where the girls that I was nannying were, um, where we were, um, all seemed perfect until it wasn't. And then mm. we just had to realize, as perfect as that seemed, it wasn't. So, and you know, there'll be another time. I mean, God's timing is better, mm. so there'll be another one. And there was. There was another. There was another. Um, another uh, lady that went to the same office that was going to give her baby up for adoption. We um, we started that process, and um, she actually had boys already. And when she found out that she was going to have a girl, then she decided that she wanted to to keep this baby. Uh, so, then but only after she delivered. Yeah, so she so was in the hospital. So we'd gone all the way down to that point, point again with the delivery. Again. So that's when. We started talking about, well, maybe our my thought process was that's it, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going with international adoption. There's no one going to come back from China or Russia or wherever it was going to be to take this baby away from me. I've gotten too close to twice before. So that was simply how we started was my mom, who works as a nurse in the office, um, contacted a friend that, that ran an adoption agency and just said, what's this process look like? What does this cost look like? What should they do? And at that point, we had thought of everything. We had thought um, maybe special needs. We had special needs 
people in our family we had a I had a deaf sister-in-law I thought well if we have a if we have a deaf child then someone will know sign language if um, if they had some you know some other any other special needs that we could deal with um, maybe that was a possibility so we thought um, biracial that was a need that we knew was and that's that BI not BUI that, you're not just looking to just go out and buy a correct, racial correct. Um, so whatever that looked like, we were we were open to to anything. I don't yeah. ca- I didn't care if they were purple, brown, black. <laughs> came from which side of the <laughs> continent. I mean, it, it didn't yeah. matter. So because we were open to that, we had visited with uh, Catholic charities, and and a lot of what Catholic charities does in their adoption world is is uh, black children to white families and interracial families mixture. And because of that, that word got out through her mom, and then and to the adoption agency that. Caleb came through and they knew that we were open open to that. So we had taken Kiri, which is the younger the younger of the two girls Barry was a nanny for for 16 years. We were taken to Six Flags in Louisville, Kentucky. Her and how many friends? Just one. Just one friend and we went there and spent the day and we were coming back and we had passed through Nashville and we got a phone call from uh, your mom first, right? And then she told us about the situation with Caleb, and then we called and talked to the, the adoption agency, and this was about 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh, we came home, picked up our stack of paperwork that was already ready from the last two failed adoptions, and went to his office, gave him the information he reviewed it that night, and then in the morning he said, well, you need to go get fingerprinted and background checked because... Caleb is was born in New Jersey, so we were in Tennessee, so we had to do the the interstate uh, criminal check. So we did yeah. TBI and FBI, and it took 10 days for the FBI clearance to come back, and the adoption agency said, well, that's okay. If you got got your criminal background clearance from them, we'll go ahead and place Caleb with you. So we went and uh, bought a... a uh, a car hauler, a car chair. Hauler? Hauler. Car hauler. That's in Pennsylvania that just came flying out of there. Well, that's where we had to go get it. Car seat. So the adoption, the placement process was kind of illegal. Uh, We left here, it was Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. We left here Saturday and went and sat at the airport for three hours because Philadelphia, where we were flying into, was delayed because of thunderstorms that were running through there. So ah. we didn't arrive in Philadelphia until 9 p.m. or something like that. And then, uh, so then we left there and we went to the adoption agency. And the adoption agency was in a 100-year-old house in uh, Palmyra, New Jersey, Palmyra, New Jersey. New Jersey. And so a lot of big oak trees in this old old neighborhood with no lights. Completely so we, dark, 1130 yeah, we, at night. We, we pulled up, up there <laughs> and picked that. So we had to go in and there wasn't, so I told him this feels a little bit illegal. So we, we went in and, and we met the foster parents, the older couple that was taking care of Timothy, who is now Caleb. And the, the social worker was there with us and we all prayed together and uh, we left. We went to McDonald's drive through for Beverly and I and uh, went back to a hotel with a king size bed and gave Caleb a bottle and he slept eight hours oh, between us. So at this point now you got your baby and I'm sure you were ready to do a little happy dance and yeah. that is our song of the week for this week uh, is 
Happy Dance from Mercy Me. So we're gonna listen to that right now. We'll be back on the other side of the break to uh, tell you what we think and to introduce you to uh, the guy that you just heard about and uh, a little bit later on his uh, lovely sister as well. So here's Happy Dance from Mercy Me and we'll be back in about 90 seconds. Dance. I love the song Happy Dance and uh, when we went to go see uh, Mercy Me in 2018, 2019 some point, uh, they played this song I was like oh my gosh that's such a fun song and we decided we had to start using it for when we give out our, um, our chips. chips at, at CR. So uh, if you ever come visit us in Ridgecrest uh, and uh, at CR, when we do chips we play music and that's the song we do is Happy Dance and uh, if you want to see an old white man dance uh, you can check us out on Facebook. If you look up RCA Church Celebrate Recovery, you can check us out every Friday night uh, after the COVID thing. And it's so worth it. It is so worth it. It's If you think bad, the worst thing you can imagine when you hear old white man dancing, it's worse. It's like the Six Flags guy, but without talent. Uh, so it's really, it's epic. Uh, but I love that song. It's just, it's exactly what it says. It's happy. It's dance. It's just fantastic. So um, there we go. Happy dance. So now we're going to bring in uh, the two stars of the show um, for this one here. And uh, I'm just going to let them introduce themselves. Who do we have over here? Uh, I'm Caleb. I'm Keegan. And uh, you guys are who? Uh, Mark and Beverly's. Well, I'm their son. And then Keegan is their I'm daughter. their daughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how old are you guys now? Uh, I am 20, about to turn 21 in three months. Okay. And I just turned 19 about four weeks ago. Hot diggity dog. So you guys have been in the family um, and both adopted as infants, correct? Yes. yes. So this is the family you've known. Exactly. Okay. And uh, nobody can see what's going on here, but Caleb has a great kid and play haircut going on right now. I've told you before, Paul, I'm not doing kid and play. <laughs> it's close, but no. I'm begging him to go kid and play. Uh, but Caleb, you are decidedly not white. Yes. And Keegan. Was it really a decision? You're white. I'm Albano. Yes. So uh, we've got not just an adoptive family, but mixed races and just everything going on with that. Andy's northern. 
Yeah. 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 And I'm a Yankee. So Yankee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, lots of different dynamics and stuff going on. So, Caleb, you're 21 almost. Yeah. When did you realize that you were adopted? When did that become part of your paradigm? Did you always know? Did you find out yesterday? You know, I, I feel like I've pretty much always known, and uh, mom and dad always did a good job of letting me know that I was adopted, which was probably healthy. Can you say something? Because that they always did a good job letting me know I was adopted. I mean, there's well, like, a lot of ways to take that phrase. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's like it was a healthy thing for me, because if I were to grow up thinking that I was theirs and then were to realize, oh, yeah. well, then why don't I look like the movies? Yeah, there's the other obvious yeah. part of that, too, is that you're biracial and I'm not. Yeah. I'm decidedly yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Decidedly. I remember so, growing up. Uh, Mom, tell me what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I remember growing up and um, we would, me and my dad would be somewhere and dad thinks he's really funny, if you haven't noticed. Because uh, you know, so, these dad dads do that. Well, we would go, uh, let's say we we're at some business, like I remember we were getting a car wash or something like that and the lady that was in charge of everything, told him his total, and she was like, oh, you have such a cute little boy. And he said, yeah, he looks just like me, doesn't he? <laughs> and then he would, she would see my mom come around the corner and would look at my dad and then look at my mom and then look at me. Was really and just kind of scratch her head and walk away. <laughs> so I think it was probably a good thing for me to know that I was adopted very early on. Yeah. So that would probably cause a lot of we started distress. we started as soon as he could talk pretty much we would say that you're adopted and then he would say yes and then that's a good thing and then he would answer he would answer yes to that so we've mm -hmm. through the years we've had a lot of interesting experiences where you take him to start a new soft baseball team and he's on that team and then you you develop a relationship and three or four years down the road you're able to sit down and talk to those those parents and say what did you think when I showed up with Caleb yeah <laughs> so. and so dealing with you're not just I mean a kid who gets this is adopted you're dealing with being adopted but then you're dealing with the racial thing do you remember in your little child's mind which ones started to be like okay the biology is different or I don't look like they look when did that like like you know the the you know, cat that gets raised by wolves or whatever, and they think they're a wolf. Kind of uh, thing. What? How did that play out? I'm not sure. I, I do remember it being very early on. I realized I'm um, not quite like them. Like um, I remember in church one time, there was a biracial family that wasn't adopted in our church, and uh, there was a little boy who looked a lot like me, or at least in my mind, I thought he looked a lot like he, me. He did. And uh, I think his name was Isaiah. 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 Oh, I missed that. And uh, he was. Walking through the, um, I think we had a church luncheon or something like that, and he was just walking across there, and I was like, "Hey, that's Isaiah, isn't it?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I said, "He looks like me." <laughs> and she was like, "And how old are you about that at this point?" Uh, I would say like four or five. So I was you were really you were little, but what we actually said was, "Hey, Caleb, look, he has the same shoes as you have on," and you said, <laughs> "And the same skin." <laughs> and, and Keegan, there's a, a cute story that I've heard about you wanting a dog. Can you tell us that that story? I think I always asked my parents for a black fake baby when I like for Christmas I was like I want a baby doll that's black like Caleb <laughs> I don't know why but it was always a what I wanted it so so from my perspective looking from the outside in 
I don't think that most people, color aside, I don't think people are going to know that there's adoption in the family. It, it never, mm -hmm. those those lines are not like, okay, you're not my real child, so you don't really get a cookie. You get, you know, it's not the evil step parent or that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just like probably one of the best families I've ever seen. Um, and I only see the outside. So, I mean, when the doors close and the curtains are drawn, it might be chaos oh, yeah. in here. Oh, yeah, no, they, they, get, they just shove me in a closet and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now who's trying to be funny? That's uh, not being funny, it's just being extremely sarcastic. <laughs> real, uh, but it's, I mean, it seems, it seems like a natural fake. In some ways it seems fake because... Uh, and I don't know, my brother and I didn't, we weren't friends, we weren't enemies, but we didn't hang out together. We didn't do anything together. I didn't call my brother and talk to my brother. Now, Bev, you and Kay shared and talked. What, parents, how was your sibling relationships? Were you friends or were you separated? I was not friends with my brothers. We fought uh, all the time, okay. all the time. Okay. We are close now, but we we did not get get along when we were younger. And Mark, what about you and your siblings? Um, I have four siblings, and the two next to me in age are girls, and then the two older are boys. So there was a. 10 years older and seven years older because of that age I didn't spend much time with them so and then uh, my sisters um, after I got three or four they didn't want anything to do with me because I, I was a, a little boy so yeah. it, it was sad no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no I would and we had a really good family and a good relationship so just uh, just lost uh, just lost my mom she was 90, 92 years old she she fell about a week and a half ago and she passed dad was dad passed uh, back in 04 and I'm only saying that is because I wanted to ask them Caleb and Keegan um, if they had experiences where they met someone and when you said that's your that's my dad did they say about your dad's age so I was 38 when we adopted Caleb <laughs> and I was 40 when we adopted oh. Keegan so uh, I've often thought that when I showed up yeah you brought your grandson or you brought your granddaughter <laughs> and I've actually we've actually um, hear that occasionally more so now with the latest one than that than Caleb and yeah Caleb. yeah you're old you're old head for sure yeah uh, don't get twisted um but back to what um Paul was saying don't let this right here confuse you because growing up we oh. were at each other's throats all yeah. the time like it, well what do you mean mm. you just stayed apart once we got to like together. 12 13 started growing up with different schools he was a smart one at a magnet school i was in a private school christian school she would say the dumb one <laughs> that too i mean it's fine okay, um, maybe you were different people you were I different think, human beings yeah, both smart i think when we both started getting really close was his senior year and my sophomore year I, i'd argue that it didn't happen until i left for college i'm not like the end of your yeah yeah, I guess that's when you realize. I think you started to realize. Oh, oh my brother's leaving. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like senior year, I like did football pictures for him all the time. I actually got called his girlfriend one time on the sidelines. Yes. Oh. One of his one of his football teammates came up to me while I was taking pictures, and I, like the camera was directed at Caleb, and they were like, and I was wearing a sweatshirt just so like they knew like I was an eagle like. I don't know. Fan. Fan. And they're like, oh, is that your boyfriend? And I was like, yes. 
no, that's my brother. And they said, wait, but mm, he's brown, you're white. I was like, is there a lot of explaining that you guys have had to do? Yes. 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 Every day. So much. Every time I'm out in public with her, I have to tell her. Like outside of COVID, I'm like, all right, get like at least three or four feet away. <laughs> or when you take pictures together, the caption yeah. is a lot brother, not boyfriend. Yeah. I had to do that one time. There was a girl. Now is it uh, brother, not brother, not boyfriend? <laughs> yeah, brother, okay. not boyfriend. There was a girl that was uh, stalking my Instagram, and she came up to me and said, "So are you like married?" And I was like, "Married." And like, what are you talking? It's like, well, on your Instagram, you have all these pictures of this one girl. And I was like. How many pictures? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, that would be my sister. So I, every picture that I have of her on my Instagram, I went back and commented, disclaimer, this is my sister. <laughs> <laughs> and, that happen- and that happened when you were in school. You were only in school. A couple of years you overlapped, and Caleb was injured one point at school, and Keegan was trying to get to him, and they wouldn't let her get to him. And she kept saying, but that's my brother. And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah, no, 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 it's it's not. And she was like, no, I promise, it really is. Yeah. And then someone from our church came up and was like, no, that's actually her brother and they let me go through. Yeah. But I think that you guys have recently bonded a lot over, you've had a lot of side discussions about adoption and how you feel about stuff and how, you, how you've handled it. Maybe not a lot, but some. No, um, I think like younger, middle. What? You mean like when we were younger we had more conversations yeah. about it? Uh, yeah, I would say so, but... Uh, it's not like we're afraid to have what age are you talking about uh, I was like 13 when I was searching yeah like she's like 13 or 14 I was... so what is that like as an adopted kid have you I mean you've grown up this is mom and dad it's never been you know Bev and Mark or Beverly and Mark it's always been mom and dad is there a curiosity is there a desire to search for the uh, birth parent, uh, yeah, birth parents and the, the biological uh, link. Well, um, in my case, I would always have people come up and ask me that question. And they would, yeah. You you did a lot better than most people do. They'll be like, well, do you want to meet your real parents? And I'm like, these are my real parents. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like right. this is all I've ever known. And real parents are people that raise you, and they're not necessarily people that birthed you. Yeah. Or whatever. Those are biological. Real is all the scrape knees and all of the baseball practices and all the football practices, and they were there for all of that. So these are the real parents. But biologically, I mean, sure, there's a bit of curiosity, and then growing up, you'll always have that. But at the end of the day, I have what's real. I have what's tangible. Yeah. Wow. So it's not really what what could have been. It's what is. Yeah. That's so good. That's what happens to me a lot. Uh, a lot of my friends thought I was their kid, like, by blood, and Caleb was the only one adopted, but then I was like, oh no, my brother's adopted, and I'm adopted, like, our whole family is, and they are like, what? And so, like, that always brings up questions, and they are like, oh, do you ever want to meet your biological parents? So once I started getting asked that question more, was when I kept questioning myself, and I was like, do I actually want to? Like, I feel like people usually do that, like, and, I've seen stories and, and stuff. And you thought more of the... Who do I look like? Yeah. Who had the blue eyes? How did I get this athletic I, I ability? Was, yeah, Ooh. mine was basically like, what are my genes? What are mm-hmm. like? I want to know how who I look like. 
like does my biological mom have the same foot as me like stuff like that because I have a picture of when I was born and you can see my birth mom's fingernails so that's when it started confusing me and I was like okay those nails look just like me I was like mom that's not you so I asked that question a lot I was like who's in this picture and never told me till said you broke mom well yeah <laughs> But like y'all never told me that you met her. Y'all said someone went in there and took that picture. Yeah. And so now, um, can we move on to the next chapter of their life? You, you guys are not done. You, Beverly and Mark. Taking him to school. No. Yeah. So we we were totally done with two kids. A bro, a boy, a girl. We were done. A brown one, a white one, whatever. We were done. We, they were paid for. They were. We were well on our way. We one. We'd survived all the way to college with the oldest one. The other one was a junior. We were done. We took Caleb to college on a Sunday and the day before we left we got a call that there was a need for a family that had a four year old girl. You, who, do people just call you because they know you adopt kids yes. or, or what's Yes, up? yes. Friends, so, friends of friends. friends of friends. Okay. Hey, there's this need, kind of an emergent need. Um, would you be interested in there were there were actually three of them. She had yeah. uh, twin brothers, and we said, "Whoa!" You couldn't say no. Whoa, three! <laughs> and then we saw a picture, and then we heard the story, and so the day, two days after Caleb went to college, we started over with a four-year-old. And so that's a bit of a different journey because with both of them, they were infants. How old was? Was Caleb when you Caleb guys, was 20 days old when we got 20 him. days old. So, um, yeah. And then Keegan was two. We, two brought, days we old. brought her home from, from the, hospital. the hospital. So, wow. instant baby. Now you've got something that's got personality baked in already. Oh, yes. And oh, a stuff. Lot of yeah. So, <laughs> the good and the bad that comes. So that's yeah. that's a, a, a difficult and more different adventure, yeah. I guess. Yeah. On that. And, and that was more of a we. We saw the need and and just decided we can't. I mean, we have a home. We are able. We have a we have a bedroom, which just Keegan. She I got to be, an, to be an only child for like bad. for like two days. <laughs> two days, kiddo. I she didn't get anything I wanted. I'm supposed to get what I wanted. Now. But every other day before that, you got what you wanted. Oh, it's it's funny how she's become the middle child, but she still has the youngest sibling. <laughs> so yeah, when Amber came to us, she was it was a temporary situation. That is working into a, into hopefully the permanent situation. But uh, so she was only supposed to be with us from August until January, and there was going to be a transition period. And that transition period never happened because her biologicals were not able to meet the requirements that the state um, court system, Tennessee state court system, placed upon them. So we're still in the middle of the legal, uh, illegal process. Uh, to finalize this to adopt so and now Amber is seven in August will be three years that she's been with us and she's not seen either of her biologicals for that period of time um, so that that's a really rough harsh world that she came from 
And I think that it surprises us a lot of how much those first four years of your life are, are so important. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't, you know, it's like, okay, well, we'll when she comes here, we'll treat her just like the other two children we have, and and she'll she'll will learn. And but there was a lot of a lot of uh, apparently a lot of anger, a lot of meanness, uh, and just emotional kind of abuse. So and, we've learned a lot. We've yeah. learned as much as Amber has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's she's tough and she's grown a lot. She's amazing. And speaking of learning, Keegan, you've learned things recently that are just crazy. I mean, <laughs> out not of the crazy, blue. but just yeah, yeah, out of the blue. It's it's without you being asked. I mean, can you tell us? Um. So I always wondered when I was middle school to high school people kept asking me questions about oh you want to meet your biological parents and I was like eh, I have my parents I love them I don't want to be disrespectful and ask those questions because I just felt like that wasn't very nice to be like hey I want to meet my real parents when they're my real parents but and, and pause one second we'd always decided in their journeys that we would answer anything yeah. that they ever asked us. They obviously both knew they were adopted from the very beginning. Um, and so as those questions came up, we answered them and she just never had very many questions. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a lot just because I was scared. I'm not the person to like open up very big. I'll ask some things. Were you scared of what you would find out or were you scared of hurting their feelings? I was scared of hurting their feelings. So the betrayal. And yeah. Caleb, did you ever have any of that, like, I don't want to search because it would be a betrayal? Um, it wasn't really so much of a betrayal. It was more of a me not wanting to open that door if I didn't have to. Okay. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Caleb. Or Keegan. <laughs> um, so, crazy story. Um, in November, this past year 2019 I was hanging out with one of my really close cousins and she's married and has two kids and she came to visit me at school one weekend and we just were like hanging out going shopping and everything and then she took me back home uh, for the weekend so I can spend time with my family and we were just talking we were like how did how's Caleb how do y'all like y'all bond over stuff like I was, she was like asking what we bonded over and I was like yeah we usually bond a lot like over sports and stuff and then sometimes like we talk about like we used to talk about like getting in or like finding out things about our biological parents uh, and she was like really I didn't know you had questions about that and I was like sometimes and I was like hey you were in my life or in my parents life when I was adopted do you know anything and it was really crazy um she was like well and I got quiet for a second she's like well what if I told you that I was your birth mom and I go what <laughs> so that was very shocking I, I didn't cry or anything I haven't cried about it because I was like it's kind of a relief because I was like, hey, I'm actually blood. Like, I know my genes. Like, I don't have anything to worry about. The only questions I had were about my biological dad, which the questions got answered, but there's still more to that story that will come in previous years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so. And so then now you know and yeah. your biological mom knows that you yes. know. Then do you tell, you come home and like, 
well, I guess what I found out, or <laughs> or is it just like so, you leave a little note on the thing? I got something to tell you. Let's talk in three years. We were meeting my mom, Beverly, at the mall. The mall. Yeah. We were meeting at the mall to get my eyebrows done, and I get out of the car. And I just like start laughing. I have like a nervous laugh. So I was like laughing nervi nervously. And Tori, oh, well, okay, her name's Tori. But she was just like, hey, I'll, like, I don't want your parents to be mad. Like, we always plan telling you to, together. And it was just, we had to, she didn't want to lie to me, which I respect yeah. that. I didn't want her to lie to me either. Uh, and so Tori. She said, so, I know. She said, so. I know. Hmm. And I said, you know what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I said I know. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't know what was going to come out after that. Yeah. I know yeah, what you got like, me for Christmas, Mom. Right. I know that you lied to me. <laughs> I was just joking, joking with her, but I was like, you know that you know more about my birth mom than I thought you did. And... And how has that dynamic gone uh, as and then, mom and daughter? And then, and then you, well, and then we spent a, probably another hour shopping and, Talking. and so she, a lot of, a lot of revelations. Oh, so that's now, why and is, that's how. And is this just the two of you just or the, yeah. with? Just two of us at that okay. point. Okay. Um, and so I had another, an additional hour, hour and a half to talk with her and process and see where she was coming from and feeling and she handled it amazingly well like I was I was surprised like I saw the maturity in her from I mean just just excel just accelerate um and then we met Mark for dinner and he didn't know anything and so then she had to tell him that that then she knew when and and I think it was I mean after the initial shock I think we were both in the same point yeah. boat that the way that she that she handled it well was, I think that's a testament to like I said you guys are like this yeah. really awesome family the way you've raised them our, our kids are I mean they're their own and we have we have an effect on them but you know we just hope that we raise them in a way that I don't have to call every day and say, hey, what are you doing? I just know that I raised my kids to be intelligent and make wise decisions, so I just trust they do. And you guys have raised them to be, you don't raise them to be mature, but you've just, you've given them the tools to be able to handle the situations, which I just, I think that just speaks again to your family dynamic. Uh, when did you talk to brother and say, guess what, oh. dude? <laughs> uh, so, Caleb was at school. And we're, we're going to the movies, was, right? I was you, in high school. No, you were. I was. You were at FCA camp. Yeah, so I played. Right? No, no. I played oh. um, college football. And we were at, oh, yeah. at Carson Newman. And I was in the away game. It was like, what? You were on the, ele on the no, bus? No, I was or? in the hotel room. Oh. He was in the hotel room. It was like 11.30 at night. And I get a call. I get a text from a that. FaceTime. A text from mom. No, it wasn't. No, he it got texts first. Oh. I got a text from dad, a text from mom, and then uh, it was both like, hey, we really need to talk to you, this and that. And then I got on the phone, and they had the Bluetooth in the car, and they are like, hey, we need to tell you something. Um, Keegan found out who her birth parents were. 
Well, we were we you weren't going to be able to come home because it was playoffs. It was mid football. So it was yeah mid football season playoffs coming up. You weren't going to get to come home for Thanksgiving. So or if you had come home for Thanksgiving, we didn't want you to just be blindsided by oh guess what everybody found they, out. Yeah, they were like. We can tell him at Thanksgiving or we can call him. And I was like, no, he'll be mad if he doesn't know right now. Well, I wouldn't have been mad. I would have been shell-shocked for sure. But I yeah, think you we were didn't want anyway. you to find out from someone else. Though. Yeah. So, and to, to you, Keegan, we, when we um, adopted you and we were at the hospital and we took you that that day, uh, you know, and your cousin, of course, was there. And we told them that we would always do what was best for you. And if, mm-hmm. if the best was not telling them, then that yeah. telling you, then that that's what we were going to do. So, and that was we were moving that direction, um, and not so much not to tell, to not telling you, but giving you the opportunity to grow up and mature into yeah. it. In the, and then that's what you did. Yeah. So, so yeah. you've got now three adopted kids. You've already established that Mark's about 400 years old, <laughs> and uh, you've got a four-year-old now. Well, she's seven, seven now. Seven. seven. Oh, that's right. You got her when you're four. So right when yeah. we got her, we had a freshman in college, a senior in high school, and an almost kindergartner. So we felt like we were playing a bad board game. Do not graduate <laughs> out of the school system. Go back to kindergarten. We had to do all the what's fundraising, like? the PTA, the homework, oh, the carpooling. Like As you're, I mean, neither of you are old, old, but you're not the age of her. The, the other parents in her class. Well, what yeah. is it like going through the second time around? Now? So they go. They all have gone to the same elementary school. So when we went back, they said, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> and which one, and which one of your know. children have had a kid? Yeah, right. Oh. Yeah, right, 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 they right. thought okay. they thought Amber was mine. Oh. Because okay. Amber actually got my kindergarten teacher. And oh, so then we should fail. Yeah. I realized the timing was exactly took, one there. Time I, was, I took Amber in first. I think, and uh, Amber's teacher, well, my teacher too, she was just like, is this your daughter? <laughs> and I was like, no, not at all. So is it is it different going around with this big gap and like, okay, are you doing things the same way? Or are you doing things different? We're pretty much doing things the same way, which has, which has just... I mean, made it easier for people to know she's obviously adopted. Uh-huh. I mean, her last name is different, so that's a key. Okay. Um, we're, you know, we're uh, older, obviously. So um, I'm, I'm sure we get a we get a lot of is that your is that your grandparent? Um, but her biological parent is the same age as we are, so she okay. would be, they would have the same. same she'd have the same, she okay. would have the same, you know, yeah. things. She would cross those, you know, same, have those same issues. Um, but it's just made it, it's just been the same. We just, just do just the same. family just like everybody else. We just mm-hmm. do the same thing. Yeah, we've always done, we've always been that way. Beverly, this is, Amber is our third generation. Kim and Kiri, the, uh, that I was the, the children of Nanny for, that was yeah. generation one. Caleb is generation two, <laughs> wow. and Amber is gen- generation with three. a few in, with a few you know nieces, nephews, cousins, nanny, yeah, nanny, right. small things in between. So so lots of messes that mm-hmm. could have been disasters, mm-hmm. but lots of messages. Does anybody have a message from 
their experience and that, that would just be the message for the people listening? So we had uh, great examples, mine and with my parents and her with her parents and her grandparents, and it is do what's right because it's the right thing to do. And if you do this, look at this person in life who's done this and see how that affects you, how, how it can affect you. There are consequences to those behaviors. Don't do these things until it's the appropriate time to do these things. Mm -hmm. We've always, and uh, to, a, to a fault, I've lectured that. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> uh, I think I can speak for uh, most adopted kids when I say that um, your curiosity is going to get the best of you. You're going to look, and um, sometimes you're not going to find what you like, but mostly you just got to take into account what you have in front of you. Um, when people ask you if you ever want to meet your real parents, just figure out what you have in front of you, what's tangible, and what's been steady for you, and that's what's real. And then biological, you can have curiosities about that, and you can actually try to figure out what that is, but at the end of the day, your parents are what basically got you to where you are now. Um. The curiosity got the best of me, so if I'm, if you're thinking or overthinking about the situation, and if you're adopted, it could be don't be positive. Yeah, it could be a positive story. Don't be scared to ask questions. Don't feel like you're gonna hurt someone's feelings. It's your story, and I feel like if God wants you to know uh, your story, He's gonna give it to you. A lot of joy can come out of it. I know it did for me. And I know that the story is going to just get keep growing and be better just like he wants it to be. So yeah. don't, yes. let, don't let fear get the best of you. There's a dif difference that I'm hearing from, from you. And, it, and Beverly and I have the same experience for her. It was a lot more of an emotional process that we went through, especially trying to have children, than it was for me. And it's, it was a more of an emotional situation for you. And I think part of that is because you're a girl. Yeah, and, and guys, is we and yeah. I feel like girls think about it way more often because genes, like we'll have babies one day. Like we want to know, like oh, your birth mom has the same gene. That's what mine was, and it just. I'm glad I found out, and I'm glad I'm close with my birth mom, and I'm glad my story will continue to grow with her too. And as we've heard over dinner, you've got new smack talk now with this information <laughs> when it comes down to... Well, if me and Caleb argue who's the favorite, I go, oh, well, I'm blood now, so that's my <laughs> comeback. And then I respond with, well, that means that they definitely chose me. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Mom choose me every time. Mom, no. what's, what's your message for people out of this? Um, I think mine is more just all about God's timing and as much as you think that you, you have your agenda and what you think should be and your timelines, um, don't get, don't get stuck in that because he knows way better than we do. Yeah. He'll laugh at you when you think you've got it figured out. <laughs> I, I just want to say, um, man. I mean, this is my family too, and um, I'm sitting here across the table from people that I don't get to see all the time, and have missed a lot of these conversations and sitting at the table with them. And man, I love these people, and I bet you can hear over the the you know podcast that um, 
there is so much love in this family and that is really due to an amazing God who has put four and now five amazing people together and there's definitely purpose in that and so I just applaud you in being the best example of what you can be and uh, thanks for doing that. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, just a couple things in closing. First of all, if uh, you have enjoyed this podcast, uh, something that you can do that would really help us out is to give us a rating on whatever you're listening to it on. If it's iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify or wherever you're listening, give us a rating. And if you go back and give a review as well, that'll really help more people find the show. If you are thinking about adoption, uh, and uh, you don't know how to start, uh, Mark, and how, where, what do they do to get started? So we, to me, I think of three different avenues that you could go down to. One would be go to an adoption aging agency with the intention of doing an international adoption. And sometimes that seems like an easier process um, and, uh, and, and can be quicker. Um, and with, um, with that process, um, once you bring a child back, the adoption is closed and it's done. So that, that, that's, a, that's an attractive thing, but you have a lot more expense and you have, uh, you have travel and it's a lot more, it's a lot, it's more, more time consuming uh, process to go through that. So the one, that's one way. The other way would be to do an adoption through a, a local adoption agency. Um, so, and then they, they put you together with, with, a, with the, the, the child. And um, what typically will happen there is that when you're interested in, in becoming an adoptive parent, you go create a profile. They put present that profile to the mothers that are wanting to give up their adoption, and they actually choose. And I think that's pretty normal. The other process would be if you knew someone that was wanting to give up their child, private. you can do a, pre a private, and the only thing you would need then is, is a lawyer. So you, just to get started, you just start searching the web for a local adoption agency and call them up and ask them questions. All right, excellent. And just a question for the table, um, who is your favorite uncle, uncle named Paul? Uncle Paul. Yeah, Uncle that Paul. girl. That's from California. Yes, oh, I love yes, that girl. Yes. My favorite niece <laughs> named Keegan. Uncle Paul from uh, Pennsylvania. Uh-oh. There's an uncle. Oops. Uh-oh. 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 We're stepping on toes now. Man, that hurts. Hey, listen, if you want to help the show uh, financially, you can support us by becoming a patron uh, of the show. And what that means is you give a monthly gift to the show just to help fund the uh, the airtime and the, the hosting and all those kind of things. That's easy by going to our uh, website, messituppodcast.com. You click on the Become a Patron button, and for li as little as $1 a week, you too can help keep this show on the air. We have uh, monthly uh, gifts that are $1, $5, $10, $25, uh, and uh, so I am going to begin, hopefully this week, recording the audiobook, uh, the print book of my story uh, called Still in Beta should be coming out very soon. I hope to get that published here as we're under this COVID thing. And uh, everybody who is a sponsor uh, on the show will get um, a copy of the uh, book when it comes out as well as the audio book as we get that done as well. So that's just a little gift from us to you. So we thank you. If you are already a patron, thank you so much for keeping us on the air. If you're not, try it out. And if you don't like it, you can cancel it after a month. And if you really don't like it, I can give you your money back. Uh, it's just that easy. Don't forget our free coffee game. Uh, it's going to be hashtag commingle mess it up. And I'll be looking for those on social media. Find someone to give some coffee to. Uh, 
And I think that's about all I've got. I do. And uh, don't forget to stay healthy out there. Wash we, your hands. We love you guys. And email me at bowtieguyatmessituppodcast.com. And I'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.